All right, everybody out there in podcast radio land throughout the Interface universe and everywhere else in between, this is the original Fools, come, excuse me, the Backwards Fools coming to you guys again in the Fools Forest at the base of Ignorant Ridge in Vicodin Valley. And with you, as almost always, is the original Fool and Papa Fool to you guys and basically the bloviate pontificate or whatever else we, is we want to do this week uh, to start looking at a couple things that have happened. Like I said, we try to get on routine, and then Lord knows the world kind of gets in the way, and things basically <laughs> happen. A little bit. Stuff goes down back and forth. So it's been a few weeks. Uh, we've had a Super Bowl, a couple of championship games, some coaching changes and stuff. We basically saw that went through here uh, going forward and everything else. So this week we wanted to kind of go through just real quick couple things about what we predicted and pontificated on and what happened with the end of the NFL season with the Super Bowl. Then we're going to look at some of the new coaching hires uh, that have basically gone into effect and see if we can figure out who we liked the best and liked the least out of all that. And then we're going to talk about we're going to rank our best and worst college to NFL jumps because one of the new coaches hired in the league this year has a very big college background so we wanted to kind mm. of rank really oh yeah really we wanted to rank our top three yeah i know right we wanted to rank our top three best and worst college coaches at least in the history uh, of the nfl and the league to this particular point so where we're at at least finishing off with everything with the new england patriots add another uh, excuse me new england patriots don't have any success with out Tom Brady. Tom Brady does and ends up winning another Super Bowl. But something I did find interesting just to kind of take a jab at him, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win it all. Do you know the only person in the NFL that has more rings now than Tom than Tom Brady currently in the league? And it's a trick. It's a little bit of a tricky question. There is only one person in the league that has more Super Bowl rings than Tom Brady does right now. I saw this and I can't remember. It's really it's 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 staring you right in the face. It's not as bad as you think. It's not as tricky as I'm trying to make it seem. And it's pretty interesting. You know what? I saw this and I can't remember. It's not Peyton, it's not Peyton Manning. No. And you're thinking players and no, you're thinking it's, wrong. No, it's not a player. It's it's a coach, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, it's it's pretty significant one when it comes to Tom. So he got himself another championship. Oh, uh, it's an assistant, right? No. Oh. He was at one point. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's where he got some of the rings, <laughs> yes, right? Correct. Yeah, uh, you're what you're overthinking this, right? I know now. I'm overthinking because you've already gone too far in. I'm telling you that right now. Was Arians? Nope, it's not Arians. Belichick. Belichick had two with the Giants before he ended up at the Patriots. Before he won them all with the Patriots. Oh, yeah, I'm overthinking <laughs> it because I'm, I'm thinking because yeah, you're thinking I'm it's thinking somebody, somebody else. that got yeah, one. On the, yeah, okay. Bill Belichick yeah. has, still has eight to That's Tom's right. seven. So, just to kind of go back and recap, yeah, he's no Bill Russell. <laughs> well, now you're talking That's, two that, completely that different. That was another story that came yeah. up. Talking about two completely different sports, but. Just to kind of go back and look at our pontifications um, with the Tampa Bay Bucks beating <laughs> beating the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, way back this time last year, we did what we thought the AFC and NFC top uh, finishers would do. We had the Patriots, the Chiefs, uh, and the Baltimore Ravens kind of going through all that uh, at the same particular point in time. We had Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Green Bay. 
for us, looking at the AFC and some of the other different things. You know, those were pretty good picks. Well, we were pretty good teams to look at, but yeah. I don't think we had a really good pick. No, uh, we, we, did, we, didn't, we didn't. We had a good batch. Well, we basically <laughs> we went off of the year before, yeah. we went off of the top Super Bowl teams, the yeah. regular season, yeah. Yeah. Uh, highest winning records, yeah. and then you know the top three teams as far as that. Yeah. So for us, for the Patriots, uh, the original full had nine and seven. Popperful had him at eleven and five, and that was terrible. And it was not real good. <laughs> no. Seven and nine at the end of the day. <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs original full had him twelve and four. Popperful had him fourteen and two. Popperful was pretty much dead on, and we were both pretty good on that one. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, you know, both of us pretty good. Uh, original full twelve and four. Popperful ten and six. Looking at ten and six as far as more as that. So pretty good on that one. Tampa Bay. This is where we both kind of floundered on this. Yes, we did. Uh, we. <laughs> underestimated a lot of things. T- uh, Tampa Bay original fool was seven and nine. Golly, that wasn't even close. Papa Fool was at nine and seven, maybe making the wild card. Still made the wild card, but goodness gracious, a lot. Yeah, but but a whole lot. And then look at this that. next one. Whew, this next one, San Francisco. Now, did we expect that we would expect for as far as the chaos? No, but original fool was eleven and five. Papa Fool was twelve and four. Not even close no. as that. that was they didn't even get to fire. double the, the double digits. It was a dumpster fire. And then Green, to a and then Green Bay original fool was ten and six. Papa Fool, you were twelve and four. Which Papa Fool was one off of thirteen and three, and I was way off the original full here. So, all in all, <laughs> few games off here and there. Besides the NFC that basically cheated us out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Niners, uh, AFC we did pretty well on, but the NFC, phew, but not so much. But, so uh, everybody we had there made the playoffs, though, but Frisco, right? Um, well, I didn't have the Bucks making the playoffs. Okay. So yeah, I I did, and the Bucks won the whole flipping thing. Yeah, well, so that, yeah, that, I know that. that. That does not bode well as far as everything else. I was so. just thinking, well, the teams we picked though. But and the Pats, we're yeah. both the Patriots. Oh, and the Pats. Well, the Patriots were yeah. seven and nine. I've so got a mental block we were two for that. three, two for three on both sides of it as far as everything else. If so not, baseball, you'd be the all time. Yeah, we'd be, we'd be in all kinds of all the fans, but we unfortunately don't operate in baseball too much as far as that stuff goes. Um, and so we had a lot of different things coming up uh, in the NFL, a lot of different moves and trades where. The cap's going to be coming into play pretty soon in March in about two or three weeks because going to be a less number with the cap coming in because of revenue, obviously, yeah. for games and attendance. A lot so we'll of see what happens on, on revenue stuff. Yeah, we'll see what happens as far as that because now the NFL's asking, and we'll get into this in the weeks to come, they're asking for more money from ESPN and all these different NFL And some of them are not wanting to pay for this past year because yeah, of because of ratings and everything yeah. else at the same time. So who knows? But again, our main topic this week week are college coaches and it's kind of the transition uh, overall and the new coaches hired in the NFL so we're basically going to go from six to one we had six new head coaches hired in the NFL this year and we wanted to basically just kind of rank them as far as overall hires and what we like and what we don't like uh, and then we'll talk about the best and worst college coaches at least in our opinion that transitioned into the NFL uh, and their hires and firings overall. So we'll start with the new hires. So we got six new hires in the NFL. The Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers that is, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons, the New York Jets, and the Detroit Lions all had different individuals as far as who they picked for everything else uh, moving forward. 
and everything. So I'll go ahead and kick it off. We're going to go bottom to top. We're always going to start with okay. least favorable or least liked to best and most liked okay. as far as however you want to work it. So I'm going to go with number six, and mine is the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell, who is going to bite kneecaps and be a meathead and doesn't really care and do all the other different kinds of things. He's trying to be an old school guy in a new school world. And well, but I, even I, old school wouldn't sit here and say bite kneecaps well, and do all this stuff. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, I get it. But anyways, so that's my number six. That's my least liked uh, hire out of the whole thing is Dan Campbell in the Detroit Lions situation. I, I'd and say I'm going to agree with you on that all one. All right. I so, just, yeah. I think, I think, you know, coming into, I mean, I know you want to be make a name for yourself but but I think coming in from not being a head coach and going in as an assistant uh, from an assistant into an NFL job I think a little humility and proving yourself will go a long well, you way gotta remember because you're setting yourself up right out of the gate that I mean you lose the first game yeah uh, you know regardless of how you lose it they're, they're gonna be all over well, and again, you got to also remember here, he was a former interim coach for the Miami Dolphins for a few years, for yeah. a few weeks as well. Yeah. And so he's got his history and everything. I just, I just, I don't like it for whatever reason where you got a brand new quarterback now and all these different things. Just that, that did not end up you know, floating my boat as far as everything else. So uh, I'll move on to my next one here. Uh, my number five out of six overall. The New York Jets and Robert Salah, the DC from um, the 49ers and everything else. I just, the Jets, and here's my problem with him being hired. The Jets are so much of a dumpster fire in so many levels. I don't think, everybody says he's high energy. They like all this. I just, I don't think there's a whole lot to save, especially now since they ended up messing around and gave up the number one pick by winning enough games and not being able to get the true quarterback that they wanted, even if they wanted to keep it. I just, the defensive-minded stuff, and we'll see how it basically plays out, but he's my second least favorite five Well, it's interesting because when you read like what, you, what we what we got to research all this on, everybody seems to love him. Yeah, as a and, and, coach. And I think, but, but uh, you got a couple of problems. Well, obviously, I already know the Jets are bad. And secondly, the Jets are in New York. Yeah. So you're under an even bigger microscope. Well, I mean, you've you, you, you kind of got two things, two strikes against you, and they won't have a lot of patience. And that's no. the sad thing about it. Hopefully, and then, and then you got to have the Jimmys and Joes. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know what, what the Jets will, will and, and maybe some good offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So who's your number five as far as that? Are you going to stick with? Uh, you know, I was looking through here, and, and here again, when you're going from a, being an assistant and, and then you come in the head coach, it's such a, it's such a big challenge. Uh, the Texans coach. Okay, yeah, that's... I, I, I don't know enough there, to, to but... but He's walking into a nightmare. Dave Cully, yeah. He Dave. is. Well, I mean, with everything that's going on, uh, I mean, you got a quarterback that doesn't want to be there anymore. You got your, your one of the best defensive players <laughs> in the league, although he's, you know. And then while we've been researching this today, they just got rid of Duke Johnson, their running back, and everything else. 
it's just all kinds of just stuff that just seems to be going absolutely, you know, crazy. And look at on. that franchise just like two years ago. You would have thought, I mean, they, they you, you, you could see the potential of them sitting on top of the AFC South for several years. You would think so, and then people above the regular coaching stuff and things like that got involved and things just kind of went down really fast, like faster than anybody could ever imagine. But who knows? We'll see. So that's your number five, Dave Culley for Houston. He's actually my number four. So that I, I just I, I, I think the Houston, because it's not in the New York market, would be my number four overall coaching situation as far as that stuff goes and everything else, um, at least for that particular point in time and what goes into it uh, so far for everything else. So, yeah, I, my number four would be Houston with Dave Culley. Uh, and I would agree, he's a 27-year a year guy in, been there forever uh, in the league, trying to get himself into a situation that, phew, it's going to be, it's going to be a handful of a mess to basically try to figure out how to write that ship and what's going into it because you're not going to have Deshaun Watson. That's not really, that 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 is a non-starter. If they sit here and think he's actually going to play for him, he's not. He's going to sit. He's got stuff written in his contract. We're finding out more and more about that. If he sits, he still gets paid, and it's just it's all kinds of leverage that he's going to have. So you're not going to have him. You may be able to trade for some stuff. You're losing things left and right. The atmosphere and just the culture there is not real friendly right now for a lot of different people. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go from that. So that's my number four. So who's your number four? As far as your least likely, is a, you want to go ahead and put your the Jets guy in there and number four is or excuse me is number four for you. You got somebody else that you liked the least, <laughs> liked less than him. Um, yeah, well, it, this is kind of a tie here. Uh, well, just give me which one you want for this one. We'll go to the next one. Three A or three or four B or whatever you want. Yeah, to call put the, it. put 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 my Jets boy in there. All right, Robert Salah, the New York Jets at number four. We talked about him. All right, so now. Uh, moving here to number three as far as this, uh, I'm going with Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I like this because of his defensive-minded stuff, but what I also like, at least at this particular point in time, he also got the former Titans defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, out of retirement again to come down to Atlanta. You got somewhat of a proven quarterback in Matt Ryan even though he's getting older in age you can get a couple years to draft a quarterback if you want and you've and you've got some uh, simply because once again Atlanta didn't have a great year they came on again toward the end which is what they've done the last couple of years but they've got some talent especially yeah. skill positions and I think it's just one of those things where if you get the right situation offensive minded guy with a new fresh blood type thing you get Matt Ryan for maybe a year or two, depending on what his money stuff he wants, and you can transition hopefully into another quarterback. And you've got a good owner. That. You've got a good you've owner. You've got an owner who's willing to pony up, who's uh, willing to put the money where his mouth is, and willing to put you know stuff in play where it actually matters. You know, and and here's the thing with all of these guys that we're talking about is it's one thing to be an assistant. It's another thing to be a head coach. And... Uh, I think I mean everybody players that play that that Art Smith co Arthur Smith coached they all love him so yeah, that could be there's two ways to look at that I guess uh, but but then you you talk you see who these players are that are saying that you're going well those are good players I mean uh, they they really like him so I I think 
I I think he'll. And what kills me is is the articles we looked at had him way down. You know, of the new ones had him down toward the bottom of the list. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just I, I think that. it's just because of Matt Ryan's age and the situation there and the quarterback situation. So who knows as far as what will happen as far as that stuff goes. Uh, so who's your number three? That was my number three in Atlanta. Who's your third best situation? Of, or coach that you like at least at this particular well, point. Well, since we're into three, and let's see who, who we got on here. That well, you I, got who you got left as far as yours. You've got Arthur Smith. You've got the the Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Those are your three new coaches that have been hired as far as everything else. So, who's your number three out of those and everything going forward? <laughs> You can just pick one and see what you think. If you want to agree with me, we can. We're leaving Philly out of this. Yeah, we are leaving, <laughs> we are leaving we Philly out of this. We need to leave Philly out of this. Yeah, we're leaving Philly out of this. Well, I know who we're going to end up at number one. I, I, you think I, so? I, well, at least that would be my gut. Hmm. It's either going to be a huge success or a big bust. Is what it's yeah, you be. might be surprised, at least on my end. I'll just give you a little bit of um, on that. Although I do like, um, so what are we going? Number three here? Yeah. Who's your well, third? I was going to save. I was going to save one of these. Who am I missing here? Um, well, I'll just go ahead and put three for Arthur Smith. You'll agree with me on that. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think oh, yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. All right. On that. So now we're getting to number two. My number, number, okay. Number two and number one. Okay. My number two is Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Okay. I see I where you're going. I don't. I don't believe he's the best hire out of all this. Uh, the only reason you put Urban up here is because of he is literally in a better situation than any of these other coaches we're going to talk about on this show today. He's where got more control. He's got more cap room. He's got more money. He's got his basic given the keys of the kingdom. He's got potential to draft a quarterback that he likes, whether it's one person or the other. He can hire his own people. It's in a state that he has been in before that he is well known for uh, he's got all these things that some of these coaches that would put into some of these situations prior being college moving into a head job in the league would kill for he that's the only reason i would put it up there as far as this it, it's nothing with urban as far as being in the league it's just literally the situation you're walking into is better than for to be the first time head coach in the nfl you cannot walk into a better situation uh, as far as what's there, as far as your capability to be able to make it your team to do it your way. So that's my number two. I, I would agree with you on all that. And, and the the 180 degree on that is, and, and this, you know, I don't know, but, but you hear this is the big thing. You're dealing with professional players versus college players. It's true. And how will, how will he be able to handle that uh, will he be able to relate to them? Because I mean, that's it has to be different. It has to be a, a different. Well, mindset. you're dealing with grown men versus young men who are basically trying to become men and all these other things. So that's my number two is Urban Meyer. Who's your number two? Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna flip flop probably with who you're gonna put at number one. Okay, so you're gonna go with the Chargers guy. Yeah, I'm going with the Chargers guy. And Brandon the only reason Staley. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it from a. Uh, a, a betting pizza standpoint <laughs> from, okay. from you know it's like I said with Urban obviously I'm going to put Urban number one I'm going to put this guy at number two simply because uh, putting Urban at number one it's like I said earlier he's either going to be a huge success or it's going to be a train wreck yeah. I don't think there's going to be any in between uh, 
And, and, and Staley, I mean, yeah. you, you look at his, you know, this is one of those guys, and you talk about a meteoric rise. I mean, what was it, 2016, he's coaching at a D3 school. Yeah, and he uh, just grows up throughout and, all and, this. And he just, he, he knows his stuff and knows what he's doing. Here again, you know, here's your question. Can't he be a head coach? Yeah. Um, and that's always the question, you know, at least at some particular point in time as far as what you need and what you get. And I just think, like, his situation where he's got a quarterback. The dude, Justin Hurt. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Justin, I mean, he's got the quarterback. He, he's, and he's got the stuff to be able to get through. He's the real deal. And yeah. they, here again, they've got some good skill people, too. Yeah. And then uh, they've got a few defensive guys, if they can stay healthy, that can help them. And this, this could be one of those Cleveland Brown type situations where. It's like we were talking before we went on about how close, how many close games they lost. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, you, you just a little bit of tweaking, you turn that around, they could be a powerhouse. Uh, and hopefully by this year too, uh, their stadium situation and everything is going to be settled. Yeah. Settled. I mean, yeah. I, I'm thinking by that time, you're you're. Your COVID protocols are going to be extremely loosened, and it'll be more normal. Which that's had to have a huge effect on those. Oh those yeah, teams. as it as it usually. Those does. teams that that were really hamstrung by that this year, and they were one of them. So, all right. Well, now we're going to transition into with new coaches here in the league and everything else, kind of moving forward. Uh, we're going to talk about our worst <laughs> and best hires. All right, into the college head coaching world, transitioning into the NFL. So we'll start. All right, I guess we'll go ahead and start with. We'll we'll keep it. We'll keep it. We'll start with the good. Let's start with our best overall. So my number three, as far as everything else overall, for my top college coach who became an NFL head coach for everything else, at least moving forward, uh, I'm going to put Marv Levy as number three who was there with the Buffalo Bills, coached at William & Mary for a few years as a head coach. So Marv Levy, uh, even though he never won a Super Bowl, four straight Super Bowls, Just all kinds of there. wins. Hey, you know what, it's a shame. And, well, and, the overall winning percentage is never really going to be matched probably anytime soon because no, they won an average of 13 games a year for four straight years, and they just ended up running into the Cowboys or doing something stupid when they got there uh, for all these other different kinds of things. So Marv Levy is my number three for best college to NFL transition as far as being a head coach. All right, so you're number three, Papa Fool. Well, let's see here, because I was looking, well, I hate to say it, but uh, I don't like the guy. Well, that's your worst, so this would be your worst. Well, no, I, I, I didn't I, Just because I don't like him doesn't mean I think he would. Well, that's true. <laughs> but this is the worst. I mean, so you got this, so you got the best. Overall, so, so we're doing we're doing our best. Yes, you, your this favorites. is your number three best person. Yes, I'm gonna take Pete Carroll. All right, yep, Pete Carroll there at number two, at number three for you. Definitely a good one. Uh, as far as all that going from USC to Seattle, by far a big one there, and going on with all these other different kinds of things and what happens with it and everything at least to this particular point. Could definitely see that one. All right, my number two, Paul Brown. That, that is my... I have a feeling we're going to have the same number one. No, nah, it wouldn't surprise me. But Paul Brown right here at number two. What more do I need to say about Paul Brown than literally a high school coach to college coach, NFL coach? He 
paved the way. Well, he's for, a trailblazer. I mean, he paved the way for so many things: film study, microphone, yeah. forward pass, and, and really the, I mean, NFL, the NFL in general. Exactly. So I mean, Paul Brown is my number two from a college to NFL transition as a head coach. I, I I'm I'm right there with you on that, but I'll pick somebody else just so we'll have a name in there. All right, there you go. Um, and this was one that intrigued me a little bit. It was way Rich Brooks. That was not a bad one. Yep. Definitely uh, a name. Not a name you really think about. But he definitely had some very good success as far as everything and else. And then you look forward. at where he was as far as assistance and things like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, who's your number one? See if we match up on that. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I had a couple and other this names. Is, there is no, and this goes back to, you know, thinking about Urban Meyer. Is Urban Meyer going to be able to be a Jimmy Johnson? Yeah. Uh, Jimmy he, Johnson, you know, golly, you look what he did at the Cowboys, not just from the, on the field aspect, but how he pulled that trade off that got him all those players. Well, and he made the point of saying this was the key, is not only did we get the picks, but he was able to pick the right people. Yes. I mean, that's the key. And that's, yes. And I don't know what Urban can do in regards to picking the right people. He's never had to do it before. Jimmy never had to do it before either, but he was able to do that for whatever reason. He and, had that and, instinct. And, and because of what Johnson did with the numbers in that trade, that's going to be in the back of everybody's mind when anybody tries to pull a deal like that. Oh, always. From yeah. now on. Oh, I yeah. mean, it, it's just like... Uh, the you know, the great trade robbery as it became known as with everything <laughs> else. So who knows as far as that. So now we've gone from... The penthouse, now we're going to go down to the outhouse and figure out our worst of the worst. <laughs> Top three college head coaches that did not transition into uh, a very quality uh, NFL head coach. So my number three <laughs> out of all this is Cranny Clampett himself, Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz at number three ah, uh, for yeah. me as far as everything else. So that's my number three from Notre Dame. I don't even remember where he was in the league off the top of my head. At least, was it the Jets or was it the Eagles? Oh, Lord, was he was the at the Jets. Yeah, so it's, and, it's, uh, it was nothing Nothing about it is memorable as far as everything else. So that's once, my number three. Once again, a guy that was made to be a college football coach. Right, so who's your number three? Uh, let me go that? back down here and look because I had, I had several names in mind. It's yeah. funny how many big names are going to be down at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely so, right. So number three really wouldn't be the worst. It would be the third worst, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> How about Barry Switzer? <laughs> I mean, you could say that. That's definitely controversial because no matter what you're going to say, Barry Switzer did win a Super Bowl. He did win a Super he Bowl. He did win a Super but Bowl. But everybody would know, basically say, is he was literally a glorified babysitter for what Jimmy Johnson put together. So, yeah. And then after that one year... Whew, did it fall off yeah, the I know. pretty it bad. Was but I definitely, that's a good one to put up there. All right, My number two, um, without a doubt, considered now the greatest college coach of all time, Nick Saban. Uh, that just, uh, like, talking about being able to understand young men to grown men and being able to do this, uh, you know, if he'd have gotten Drew Brees in the trade instead of Dante Culpepper, could have all been different. Nobody will and ever know. This goes back to what I was talking about with Urban Meyer. Can you coach grown men, and do you have the lack of control? Yeah. Exactly. Are you the one that's going to be calling the shots? Yeah. And, and he realized at college, 
at Alabama, especially if he won, he could do whatever Every he wants, wants yeah. to. And he can pick and he has, the players that he wants to, and, and everything he can else. get the coaches. Yeah, and he, you know, if see if you went to Nick Saban right now and offered him. Half the money in the world, yeah. he would say to go to the NFL. He would say no. No. Yeah. He, he wouldn't go. No more go back to that than a man in the. All mind. right. So who's your number two? Um, the worst NFL <laughs> head coach from college. Well, let's throw another good name in there. Spurrier. Spurrier. Yeah. I mean, that definitely. I, I wouldn't. I mean, he tried it. He tried to make Florida. Professional, whatever you want to call it, by getting Danny Werfel, Heath Schuler, and all these other and people. And this goes back to kind of what we were talking about with Saban and Meyer. If you look at what he did in the USFL, yeah, which he pretty much had, was able to call the shots. He had success. Oh yeah, uh, but he wasn't able to get the people that he wanted and what he wanted, and in the system. That he had in place, he didn't adjust, and, and it was way look too easy. at the organization. Oh yeah, where he was the Washington football you know, team. It's, it's, it's one of those things. If you look at it in the broad spectrum now, you realize it was pretty much that way then. Well, too. you got to understand. You know, it's not like a football program is a football program in college. It's a business, exactly. And there are business people involved in that. And as there's well, a culture. So there's definitely that. So <laughs> I'm going to go with my number one, and. I if you got a be- if you got a worse one than this, I'd like to see it. But Bobby Petrino with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, I I as a coach, professionally, personally, and all levels of football and coaching involvement, it doesn't get any worse than that, in my opinion. Than Bobby Petrino, who can run himself off the road with his mistress riding in the back as he's riding a bike and ends up grading his face off when he's not going to Arkansas, but he is after he's leaving Atlanta and he leaves a note in the basic uh, <laughs> the lockers of all the players, can't even say goodbye. He was there literally at, at, literally for less than two months and he's already out the door. But then somehow you get a coaching job after that. Yeah, and he gets out. <laughs> well, not in the NFL. He, I don't no, but, any, but, but a coaching job anyway. Yeah, but that's my number uh, one. middle school. And it's, mean, not even, it's not even <laughs> close. You had Mike Vick, you had all this stuff, and then it's just gone within a matter of weeks, and it's absolute mayhem, and that he leaves behind him in a wake of destruction. So that's my number one. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Saban simply because of the same reason I went with Meyer the other way. I mean, okay. the biggest name in college, yeah, was 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 a, was a failure in the NFL. I mean, you say failure. The question is, if he had stayed, yeah, uh, you know, you gotta remember. Who he worked with, look what Belichick did. It took him a little while. And he and Belichick yeah. were, were oh, yeah. you know, they're birds of a feather when it comes to, to Every philosophy. how they do it, yeah. So it very well could have been. But, it it could have been something completely different, but who knows. But, but he realized no the huge opportunity. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's college yeah. football, and they're offering you to come to Alabama. And I've got some control, more control exactly. than what I'm dealing with. So, exactly. yeah. so back to this again, our best of the best college to NFL coach transitions. Original Fool had Marv Levy, Paul Brown, and Jimmy Johnson and myself. Papa Fool had Pete Carroll, Rich Brooks, and Jimmy Johnson. On the flip side of it, the worst to transition <laughs> and to make that jump from college to the league, Lou Holtz, Nick Saban, Bobby Petrino are his original Fools. Barry Switzer, Steve Spurrier, and Nick Saban is Papa Fools. 
not so favorable Boy, when it comes to those How long could SportsCenter talk about those last six? I'm telling you right there. <laughs> just, the stories, just the stories from the league alone and the players or everything else that have basically gone that, through and everything. That would be a 60 on 60 uh, for that. Be, yeah, it would be a long time to try to discuss some You'd of that. You'd do a miniseries on those. Exactly. So, all right, folks, we're going to put a put basically a pin in it for this week. Uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed uh, what we've been laying down for you. Uh, again, this is the Backwards Fools uh, in the full force at the Base Ignor Ridge in Vicodin Valley. Coming to y'all, we hope you guys have enjoyed it. Just us talking for the last uh, 30 minutes or so. Um, again, check us out on anywhere you get your podcast now. Spotify, uh, iTunes, or pretty much anywhere. Just search for the Backwards Fools. Look for us on Twitter at T-B-F-O-O-L-S at T-B-Fools. You can find us there uh, and drop us a line or anything else that you want to kind of talk to us about, whether you liked or you didn't like. We hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us this week. Again, this is the original Fool and Papa Fool coming to you guys from everything. And again, hope you guys have enjoyed it. Catch y'all on the flip Stay side. Stay safe out there, Stay folks. safe. All right. Be safe. Hopefully, you'll be around with us to listen to us next week. All right. And again, catch y'all on the flip side.